stoked to be here. I'm super excited. Um, my mom told me that she was going to try and not take a long time on the offering, but you know how that goes. <laughs> Can't listen to anybody in our family when they, they say they're going to be short. But yeah, dude, I'm stoked to be here. Um, two months ago, maybe, is when me and my dad were talking about me doing this. Um, I mean, two months is barely any time when you thought you were going to be a musician for the rest of your life. So when he's all like, you know, why don't you do a Sunday? And I'm like, ah. and then he's all like, well, I got you on the schedule. And all I could say is, all right. So now I'm here. Uh, it's come quicker than I've realized, but I'm excited. Um, a lot of people told me that it's okay to be nervous. To be honest, I'm really not that nervous. Um, maybe it's because I've been in church my whole life or I've been around my dad. Um, he just protrudes confidence, even if he's not. So, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Um, this is going to be a really, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give it to you all really straightforward. Um, and let's just jump in. Let me ask you a question before we get started. How many people are believing in here for any type of breakthrough? It could be a breakthrough in finances, breakthrough in anything. We're all believing for it, right? Well, kind of my message all summed up in one is breakthrough is in your hands. Um, a lot of us spend all of our life, uh, all of our time with the Lord, asking for him to do something for us when everything that we need is right in here. This is everything. You, you sit there and you ask yourself, I just need God to talk to me. He's talking to you right now. Right now he's talking to you. You know, the way this Bible was written by the Holy Spirit telling people what to write. This is literally his words, talking to people and writing it so we could have it. You know, this is the Holy Spirit. So you don't need to wait on God to tell you anything. He's telling you right now. So this is, this is kind of what I'm going to be talking about today. Um, you know, when I was preparing for this, a great thing um, that God does that he was telling with me, um, this has come up in every message that I've sat in for like two weeks, parts of what I'm talking about. Tyler talked about a little bit of it last week. I went to a Bible study on Thursday. He talked about what we're going to talk about. My dad stole my notes at the leadership meeting yesterday about what we're going to talk about. So um, <clears throat> this is kind of what we're going to, let's just, let's just jump into it. Um, so the word sacrifice is written all over the Bible. Um, whenever I think of sacrifice, I think of there's animal sacrifices of the Old Testament. You think of that, you think of a sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise. The Bible talks about that. I mean, sacrifice is everywhere. But the thing about sacrifice is that it's so many things, it's kind of hard to grasp what it is in the modern day. Because we live so privileged here. Everybody does. So when we think of sacrifice, we think of, man, I'm grounded for a week and I don't have my phone. What am I going to do? Well, that's for the younger kids. But, I mean, that's the privilege that we've grown up with. So I was thinking, you know, what even is sacrifice? So in simple terms, I searched it up in the Webster's Dictionary. And the most simplest definition I could find, it is something offered. So if you were going to look at that in Bible terms, a sacrifice is an offering unto the Lord. So whenever we're giving a Lord an offering, whenever we think of offering, we think of finances. But if a sacrifice is also an offering, then I'm, another good way to look at sacrifice is sacrifice is the same thing as sowing. You're giving unto the Lord. You're sowing a seed unto him. You're giving yourself to him. That's a simple way to think of sacrifice. So if that's the case, sacrifice could be anything. I have a couple things written down here of what sacrifice is. Coming to church used to be a sacrifice for most of us. Whenever we were first saved and we didn't know anybody here, how many of y'all woke up excited to come and talk to people that you didn't really want to talk to? I mean... That was a sacrifice for most people. Some of you, it's a sacrifice now. Used to be a sacrifice for me. Um, in the old building, when we had church at 5 o'clock, I did not want to come to church at 5 o'clock. No. I mean, whenever, and then it was so, everybody was so excited that we were moving service to 1030, and we still don't want to come. I mean, what are we going to do? And we're changing it to 10. We're changing service to 10. I saw some of you go, uh, like it's a big 30 minutes. I mean, back in the day, we changed six hours 
starting six hours earlier. Now when we start 30 minutes, it's a big deal. It's like, man, come on, y'all. Um, a sacrifice for other people is lifting a hand in worship. Um, before I was playing music, I sat in the back and stood like this. And then once I lifted my hands, God started doing something with me in my worship. If it wasn't for that, like I said at the beginning, sacrifice, sacrifice leads to your breakthrough. When you sacrifice something, that is putting it in your hands and that is leading you to your breakthrough. And that's all over the Bible. And we're going to look at some of those examples today. But when I lifted my hand in worship, he started to work with me in my worship. And we can all, I mean, you look at Sheree when she worships, I don't even have to get into that. Some of y'all look at Sheree worshiping and you just stare at her like, is she for real? We use up there whenever we're playing, you see we have um, headphones in, it's in our in-ears. And when Sheree screams, the whole worship team can hear it in our ears because it's picking up on the mics. That's how loud Sheree is. And you know, that's a sacrifice, I would say, for most people in this room to get up there and do that that would be a sacrifice, because that's hard for all of us, except Sheree. <laughs> Sheree is built different. Um, well, getting off your phone in church is another sacrifice for some people. Uh, my mom already talked about that. I'm not even going to get into that. She said it, she said it perfectly. Um, but all those points together, you could see that sacrifice is subjective to the believer. So, a sacrifice for a dollar for Titus is the same as a sacrifice a dollar for me because Titus has 20 bucks overall. You know, I got money in the bank. So Titus giving five of his 20 is more of a sacrifice than me giving five of my however much, 10,000, 20,000. It's not the same. So Titus' sacrifice is different from my sacrifice. Cherie's sacrifices are different from our sacrifices. So that's why it's important that we grow our relationship in the Lord because everybody's at different steps. Sacrifice is depending on where you're at in his relationship. That is the big factor in growing your relationship with God is what you're giving him. Because we can look at my dad and giving's easy for my dad, right? And then there's somebody else who may not be as strong in a relationship with my dad and it's harder for them to give that much. And that's why your sacrifice keeps growing with you. I'm kind of, I'm moving like way ahead in my notes, so I got to slow it down. And, and um, let's talk about a sacrifice that we've all gone through. Getting saved is the first sacrifice you make. Getting saved is the beginning of your breakthrough in your walk. You can look at that moment in your life and you could say, that is the beginning of my breakthrough, getting saved. Because we, we lay down our life to him he, as a sacrifice. And he tells us, I'm going to offer you the promises that I told you. That's our breakthrough. That's the breakthrough that we've gotten. Now, there's much more, you know, after we get saved, but that's the first sacrifice that we made. And it led to a breakthrough. We're going to open the Bible to 2 Samuel chapter 24. Um, I'm going to be reading out of the New King James, but you can read whatever, out of whatever. Um, Sorry, my mom, I chew gum when I'm up there, and <laughs> sometimes I don't realize that I have it in. My mom told me, better not chew gum when you're up there. And I just now realized that I was still chewing my gum, so I, I turned around and swallowed it. <laughs> so it's gone. It was because I didn't want my mom to know. She's holding out her hand like I'm going to do something. <laughs> What am I going to, I'm not going to go and spit it out in your hand. <laughs> um, so 2 Samuel uh, chapter 24, we're going to start in verse 18. Um, um, uh, and Gad came that day to David and said to him, go up, erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arna the Jebusite. Is it Arna, Tyler? Sure. Sure. Uh, so David, according to the word of Gad, went up as the Lord commanded. Now Arna looked and saw the king and his servants coming toward him. So Arna went out and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Then Arna said, why has my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, to buy the threshing floor from you to build an altar to the Lord that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. 
So verse 21 is kind of the context of why David is going to build this threshing floor as a sacrifice to the Lord, because his people are sick. The people are sick, and he's needing a breakthrough for them because he's King David. And if all of his people are sick, he's not looking like a great king. So he's looking for a breakthrough for his people for healing. So that's kind of the context of why he's doing this. So um, that leads us to chap- uh, verse 22. Now Arna said to David, Let my lord the king take and offer up whatever seems good to him. Look here our oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing implements and the yokes for o- the oxen of wood. And all these, O king, Arna has given to the king. And Arna said to the king, May the Lord your God accept you. And this is the important verse. 24, circle it, whatever, whatever you do. This is the most important one. The the king said to Arna, no, but I will surely buy from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor with the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. Chapter 25, or verse 25 is an important one too. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. Man, that is the most self-explanatory story I've ever looked at. They wrap it up perfectly. David is going up to buy this threshing floor to make a sacrifice to him because he needs a breakthrough. And Arna is all like, man, I'll give it to you for free. And most of us in this room, we hear free and we're like, ooh, I'm getting it for free. Praise God, you know? But that's really defeating the purpose of why we're sacrificing. You know, as Christians, we get caught up in praising God for what we think he's given us when really we need to be giving it to him. He's not giving it to us. We're giving it to him. So if we were going to the dealership, you know, and they're all like, I'm going to give you a car for free. How hard would it be to tell them, no, I'm going to buy it. That's what David told Arna. So like, I'm going to give this to you for free. And he said, no, I ain't going to take it. I'm not going to buy something or I'm not going to offer something to God that doesn't cost me anything. And that's what led to his breakthrough is the sacrifice. David got money, but he's going to buy it. When, even when he didn't have to, he's going to make that sacrifice to him, and that led to the breakthrough. Um, let me look at where we're at. Um, so a sacrifice to God, in order for change to come, needs to have value. An offering has value, but an offering that costs nothing isn't an offering. It's just nothing. You know, we give offerings because our money has value in the society we live in. You know, but if an offering doesn't cost anything, what's the point? Um, a cheap sacrifice isn't a sacrifice. If, if you're not sacrificing, it's just nothing. You're not giving the Lord anything. And a lot of us as Christians get caught up in that because we think we've giving him some, we're giving him something that we've been giving him at, since the beginning of our walk, and it's lost its value over time. As you use something, it loses its value. Step one is raising your hand in worship. What's step two? What's step three? What's step four? What's step five? We get caught up on step one, and we give it to him for the rest of our life. We think we're growing, but we're still on step one. Um, I could give, I mean, another example is I can give my own, I could give my iPhone 6 to Tyler. Tyler has an iPhone 15. He don't want my iPhone 6. What is he going to do with it, you know? God is loaded. Oh, yeah. People worship. Some people, we look at, I mean, we think we're the most holy, amazing Christians. You can look at Sheree up here, and she gives her all. If God is getting that, why would he want what we're giving him? Why would he want just a, a measly hand raise when he has so much? He's given us so much. Um. I think a great way to tell if your sacrifice has value is how comfortable you are. Um, comfortability is in direct opposition to sacrifice. Because once you're comfortable giving something, that's, it's not a sacrifice. Because sacrifice is uncomfortable. I know my dad has given this example, but in the Old Testament, they killed animals 
and offered them as sacrifices unto the Lord. And that was probably the most unappealing thing you could ever deal with, is killing an animal and hearing it scream and the Lord being pleased in that. Sounds cruel, but he wanted that from us because it's hard. It's hard to do that and give it up to him. The same thing for offering. He requires us to give unto him because giving money is hard. It's not easy. And that's why it's pleasing unto him because sacrifices, if he sacrificed his whole life for us and we don't do anything, that's not, there's no relationship there. It's a one-sided, relationships are two-way streets. That's a one-sided street. You can't give him nothing after he gave him, he gave us his life. His whole life. That was his sacrifice. He sacrificed that for all of us. And we get stuck giving him the same old, same old. And that's what everybody's been talking about recently is getting out of that same old, same old. Getting out of that routine that we've always been giving on Sundays, coming at 10 o'clock every day, sitting in the third row, second seat over, lifting up your right hand in worship, and then as soon as it's done, shaking the hand of Rachel, then sitting back down. I mean, y'all go through a routine, and you don't even know it. Amelia has a routine. Amelia comes in, goes to the office, says hi to Pastor Annie, Pastor Ziggy, runs around for a little bit, and that's her routine. Everybody has a routine. And we get stuck in that, and then we expect God to do something for us like we're giving him our whole life. I mean, it's counterintuitive. I mean, it's, that's why that's what's holding us back from our breakthrough, is we think we're giving him something, something but we're not giving him anything. Um, on the other side of comfortability, um, awkwardness is a great, shine, a great sign you should give that part of your life to the Lord. Um, and I have a great example of that, and that is in Matthew chapter 16. I think these are all verses that we've talked about in different contexts, but it's the good ones. Uh, Matthew 16, we're going to start at verse 13. Everybody knows this story, um, but I'll read it anyway. When Jesus came into the region of what is that? Caesarea. Caesarea. Thank you. Um, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, uh, that I, the Son of Man, am? So they, say, so they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So if we just look at that, all of us, we look at the disciples with such... Like, man, they got to walk with Jesus. You know how awkward that must have been for them to be with next to Jesus all day? If I was a disciple, he'd be telling me, get behind me, Satan, every other day. <laughs> I'm not living like a disciple. It's hard to, you know? And that's why he gave up his life and gave us this, because that's the whole point in growing in our relationship, is becoming more like Jesus. That's what the disciples longed for. You know, so Peter, or uh, yeah, no, yeah, Peter, sorry. Peter, he walked with God. I mean, we're in Matthew chapter 16. So that's 16 chapters he's walking with Jesus, right? And just now he's saying, oh, you're the Christ, son of the living God. I mean, imagine walking around with somebody for that long and not believe in what they say. You know how awkward that is? Following a guy across the world, and you're all like, I don't even know if he is who he says I am. And the most awkward part is that Jesus knows. Jesus knows you're doubting him. So imagine how awkward that would be, finally telling Jesus who he is after all this time. So he said that, and Jesus answered and said to him, uh, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for the flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So he was blessed by Jesus after he told him that. So we can look, we can look at it. It's kind of an equation, sacrifice, breakthrough. I mean, it's easy. You look at the sacrifice, you can see the breakthrough. Peter's sacrifice was finally owning up to Jesus. 
you know? He hasn't done that before. So he gave that part of himself to the Lord. And by the way Jesus responded, you could tell that something shifted there. Something in Peter's life shifted in this moment when he gave that self to gave himself to the Lord right here and something shifted. And for the rest of well, I guess the next page, get behind me Satan, you aren't offense to me for you, but that just shows that he sacrificed, he got his breakthrough and then right after Jesus saying get me get behind me Satan, get behind me. You know what I mean? So he gave his sacrifice to God. He got his breakthrough, but that wasn't it. There's step two, because if you jack it up on step two, you know what happens, you know? You have to keep giving him more. You can't just give him one thing and then call it good. No. Peter gave that part of himself, and then the next page is get behind me, Satan. So that's, what, that's the trap that we fall into. We gave him our life, too as a sacrifice when we got saved. But right now we're on part two and we haven't given him much of anything. Um, for some of us, coming to church is no longer a sacrifice. Tithe is no longer a sacrifice. Lifting a hand in worship is no longer a sacrifice. Yet every Sunday we come and offer him the same cheap sacrifices and expect a change in our life. Going through the motions is a cheap sacrifice. Now I'm gonna hit it, I'm gonna hit you right at home here. Why do you think revival is powerful? Why do you think that we long for revival? Is it because revival, the name, has power to it? No. The only name that has power is the name of Jesus. Revival is powerful because we sacrifice to God more of ourselves in those weeks. In revival, we give him more of our time. We give him more of our effort. We spend the whole month before preparing for it. And then we see that breakthrough, and then we long for a revival breakthrough on our everyday Sunday lives, and we're giving him nothing. Imagine if, well, let's take an example. We all remember, <laughs> I hope you don't mind me saying this, Anna, but you remember when Anna got asked to sing in front of the church, and she just went out and did it with her hand covering her face? She knew it was going to be awkward. But, like I said before, your awkwardness is a great sign that's something you need to give him. And Anna obeyed. And her breakthrough blew across this whole church. Anna's obedience to God, not only she got her breakthrough, but some of us looked at that, saw her sacrifice, and followed after. So not only is your sacrifice affecting your life, but people will look at you and see what you're giving, and that'll affect their lives. Sacrifice is one of the most, I think, is one of the most important things that you give God because that is step one of the rest of your relationship with him. That's step one is sacrifice. If we gave him that much every week, we would have revival breakthrough here every Sunday if we sacrificed as much as we did on revival weeks. We'd have it every Sunday. It's not, it's not hard. I mean, we're so excited. Man, I'm excited to do all this work for revival, but I don't want to do it today. I'll wait until it's coming up. Something to look forward to. What are you looking forward to? You're doing the work. He's ready. He's waiting. He's waiting on us to give him something. Um, put yourself out there, y'all. Don't come to church every Sunday and give him the same thing because nothing's going to happen. He's just waiting on us. He's just waiting on us. That's step one. So once we get that straightened out, we can go to, go to Galatians chapter 6. Um, this is another one that we've all heard before. Um, we can start at verse, let me, let me see. We'll start at verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh, of the flesh will reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will, of the Spirit, reap everlasting life. So I'm going to use Andrew as an example. 
Andrew sacrifices his time to kids' ministry. And I know it's a sacrifice because how could it not be? Some of y'all kids is bad. And Andrew is the one that's sacrificing himself to put up with it. That's his sacrifice. But why is Andrew doing it? This is another part, another part of our relationship with God as Christians that we get stuck up on because we think we're offering ourselves to him, but it's not him we're really offering ourselves to. Um, We give our offerings to the Lord, not to man. That's what Galatians uh, chapter 6 is saying. Um, Some of us, we don't even think about what we're sowing into. Also, some of us expect something to come out of our sacrifices, but what are we sowing into? Is our sacrifice for winner's church or is it for God? Is our sacrifice for pastor or is it for God? I'm going to use another example. Look at Ted. How long have you been around, Ted, my dad? 30-something years. Have you heard some of the things my dad says to Ted? (laughs) And he's still here 30-something years later. Ted sacrificed his life to help out Pastor Ziggy, but he didn't give it to my dad. He gave it to God. That's the only reason he's still around. Because if he was sacrificing for my dad, he and Debbie wouldn't be here right now. We wouldn't even know Ted. And think, think of the impact Ted has made on this church. His breakthrough seeped through the cracks because he sacrificed. His breakthrough has affected all of us. Man, Ted, you're awesome. Um, Ted has seen breakthrough after breakthrough because he kept that part of himself in check. Ted's life is overflowing with blessing. And it's because of that decision that he made all those years ago that I'm giving my life to the Lord so he can use me whatever he needs me. Um, I'm going to use another example. Let's say... Tegan joins this worship team because she wants to show off and prove everybody, prove to everybody that she's only been playing for not as long as most people and she's better than everybody. (laughs) Tegan joined the worship team for that reason, she'd be gone. She would have gotten mad because nobody, nobody pays attention. I mean, yes, we pay attention, but nobody is like, Tegan is the best on the team because... (laughs) Our church, our, church, our church doesn't sustain that behavior, first off. And second off, um, oh, I have, I, have a, I have it written down perfectly. Um, oh, where did I put it? Um, oh, I'll, I'll wing it. Um, sacrifice to man isn't sustainable. It can never be sustainable. The only sacrifice that you can give that is sustainable is a sacrifice to God. Because when we sow in demand, like if we look at sacrifice like sowing, if we sow in demand, we we reap corruption. We sow into the spirit, sow into God, is when we reap everlasting life. And that's where our breakthrough is, is when we sow into God. We, We sow into the flesh and we expect God to do a work in us, to do work for us. But... I mean, we're getting caught in a trap and we don't even realize it. You know, we're waiting for him to give us something and he's really waiting for us. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my testimony. So, like I, I said this at the beginning, but a long, whenever I first started playing, um, I knew God was going to have me do worship. And for a long time, I thought that was the only thing I was going to do, was worship. And... Um, and of course, I, I didn't go to college. I mean, I'm pursuing ministry full on. Praise God. Um, oh, yeah. But I would say it was maybe like three months ago. And we were in Michigan. Um, and I'm sitting in the backseat of the car with Reuben and my dad. Of course, Reuben's there. Reuben's always there. But um, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, I'm looking at my future and this, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like it's fulfilling, you know? Sitting there, I'm all like, 
what does music look like for the rest of my life? And I, of course, my dad's in the car. And if you have pastor, I mean, if your pastor's with you all the time, I'm like, hey, dad, I have a question. And I'm all like, and, he, and we're, we're, we're throwing ideas off each other. Well, maybe you could do this. Well, maybe you could do that. Maybe um, your ministry is going to be more like this. Maybe it's going to be more like that. And we're throwing stuff off of each other. And I'm all like, eh, still doesn't feel right. So, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm praying about it. And two days later, um, it's the last day of revival. We're in Adrian, Michigan. Um, and we do worship and we get that all done. And I'm sitting like, I remember if, the, if we were in Adrian and the chairs were facing us, I was sitting right over there and I'm looking down and um, God is working with me. He's, I, I didn't even know what he was doing, but I felt his presence strong and I'm just sitting back there and my eyes are closed and I keep getting flashes of images in my mind. And um, I remember I got a word many years ago. I think it was from Apostle Smith. And he told me that whenever you see flashes in your mind, that's not just your imagination, but God is showing you either what your future is going to look like or what you need to be doing in your life. And that stuck with me for some reason because I've had a lot of flaky people prophesy over me. I was, in a, I was in a Black Rifle Copy Co. and this girl prophesied over me that I was gonna make children's worship music. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at her and I was like, amen. <laughs> and they didn't, I think, I, well, I told them, you know, I'm a musician. And they go, I got a word for you. You're going to make music. And I'm all like, wow, thank you for the, thank you for the word, lady. <laughs> but but those, those experiences in my life have helped me not only like look at the flaky people and be like, oh, you're flaky, but it also helps me realize when God is actually talking to me and when it's not just some weirdo talking through me. So this moment, I knew it was God, and I remembered that word, God is showing you stuff. Those images that he's showing you, it's showing you visions for your future. Right? So I'm sitting there, and I'm seeing myself writing on a notebook. And I see myself, um, I think I was in like a gazebo with my Bible. Like I see, I saw weird stuff and I was like, I mean, I have a gazebo. I was like, but I was sitting in a gazebo and I saw myself with a mic and I was talking um, and I'm all like, ah, oh, there's no way. It's like, I don't want to be like my dad. Ooh. So he finishes, he finishes and I'm still feeling the presence of God and I go up there to play and he met me up there, and I felt that pull to join the line. Because usually the last days of revival um, is when we do um, big, huge altar calls, and that's kind of usually how that goes down. But um, he's, I'm sitting there, and I'm all like, I'm trying to talk myself out of it. I'm all like, no, that's going to be awkward. You know, the music's going to stop, and I'm going to go to the end of the line, and my dad is going to pray for his son, you know? And if God gives me something, that's going to be doubly embarrassing, I don't want to be convulsing on the ground. He does. I mean, I mean, we laugh at it, but those are seriously the thoughts that go in our head. You know, and that's the enemy trying to talk us out of our breakthrough. Because he knows if we give that sacrifice, it's over for him. God is going to do the work that he promised us. That's why the enemy tries to stop us, because he knows that once we give that, that's it. So he's pulling, I mean, God's pulling on me, and the, in my mind, I'm like, there's no way. And usually if he's going this way, we're getting right there to the end, and he's right in front of me. I'm looking at the back of his head, and it's the last person, and usually he gets done quick. He's like, praise God. So, um, and then, you know, he does offerings. So I'm, th I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is it. If you're going to do it, you got to do it. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. And God's like, just do it. And I'm like, ah. So I get up. And I stopped playing the music, and of course, the old person in the front's like staring at me as I'm getting up. I'm like, well, that's awkward. So I get to the front, and um, I'm sitting there, and the silence is deafening. It's so, I mean, I'm like embarrassed out of my mind. And my dad gets up to me, and man, as soon as he walked in front of me, whoosh, that was it. Touch me, bam, I was out. I fell down, and 
God gave me something that day that I never thought I'd have. Um, my hands were trembling. My dad told me that whenever he first got saved, he would get that a lot where he would feel um, like prickles all over his arms, just in his hands. My dad said God was imparting something to me that day. Um, and he said just to sit and pray about it. And I already knew what he was telling me. He told me earlier in the service when I was sitting back over there. Um, and that was my breakthrough. Oh, that moment of me stepping out changed my life. It's a, I mean, look at me right now. If I didn't do that, I wouldn't be here. These defining moments, no matter how awkward they are, are the most important moments that you have in your relationship with God. Because my relationship with him grew because of that moment. It's not the same. It never will be. He met me there. But when you look at that one defining moment, why would you ever want to let one pass? If I let it pass, I wouldn't be here. You can't let those moments pass you. And that's my, I mean, you look at the, the little equation, the sacrifice, the breakthrough. The awkwardness is a good sign of sacrifice. You give that to him, leads to breakthrough. I mean, those are the most, I mean, he's awesome. God is awesome. Um, when we got in this, uh, when we get caught in this trap, we sow into the flesh and expect God to do a work uh, when, like earlier, we're doing nothing for the Lord. Um, I'm going to take some points that Tyler talked about last week. Um, in order to find these aspects of ourselves, so um, either if we're giving to man and we don't know it, or we're all like, man, am I really giving what I need to be giving to the Lord? Um, we need to take a look at ourselves and raise him higher. John 3.30 says, he must increase, but I must decrease. And that's what Tyler kind of touched on last week is lowering ourselves so God can come up. So once we do that, we can see what aspects of our life we need to sacrifice. Um, once we recognize this, uh, recognize this in our lives, there's nothing holding us back from our breakthrough. Nothing. Um, Your breakthrough, oh man. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go back to another example. Um, the most important sacrifice ever was the sacrifice God gave to us. Um, and we, we look at that and we don't realize how difficult that is um, I mean, there are, like, moments throughout the year where we, like, realize how difficult it is, and that's, like, Christmas during communion. Sorry. <laughs> like, Christmas, we're all like, or Easter. Easter, sorry. He's like, man, he gave our life to us. That must have been so hard. And then we forget about it. You know? The good thing about God is that he doesn't forget. Whenever we give a sacrifice that's hard for us, he won't forget that moment. You know? So that's why God is way better than us. Because... Oh, you're on it now. We take him for granted, but he'll never take us for granted. Um, there's always more to give in your relationship with God. If your relationship with God has come to a standstill, it's your fault. If, you, if you're sitting there and you're all like, God hasn't done anything for me lately. I wish I could hear the voice of God. I mean... We, that's why we get caught in these same motions, because we forget. It's like for some reason we forget that he, this, is, this is him. This is him. Sometimes you won't hear the word of God for nine months. My dad didn't whenever he told him to quit ministry. He didn't say anything to my dad for nine months. Most of you can't even imagine nine months without a word of God. Because we, we rely on people in the church Man, in revival, some of us, all we do is sit in the back and we rely on the people who worship. And you're all like, man, if they're worshiping, maybe God will have a word for me. Maybe God will come in here. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because if you're not giving them anything, that breakthrough won't come. No matter how hard, Sheree worships harder at Winter's Church than any revival church we've gone to. Any one of them. And some revivals have broken out for 49 months. 
weeks, sorry. Like 49 months is a long time. <laughs> 49 weeks, and yet Cherie is worshiping harder here than over there. And that right there just shows no matter how hard this church worship it, worships, if you're not doing it, you're not getting anything. I mean, we, we think we're stuck. We think God has left us. We think, where's God? I go to church every Sunday. Where is he? He's right where you left him. Some of us left him that day we got saved. And until we give more to him, he's going to stay there for us. But once we give him that sacrifice, once we reignite that passion and start giving him our life like we did when we got saved, he'll meet us. He's waiting on us. Now, the devil will follow us anywhere we go, but that's not a relationship. He's, that's an attack. Relationship, you have a relationship with God. That's a relationship. So treat it like one. Treat it like one. Um, if you have a hard time coming on Sunday, that's your step one. If you have a hard time worshiping, raising your hand is step one. He'll tell you the rest. Once you find that step one, you're good. You're golden. Keep going. Don't slow down. Keep going. Um, God gave his life. He's just waiting on us. Uh, how long was that? Was that like 30 minutes? Okay. Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, you know what? I want to do something. Let's, let's give them something. Let's do it today. So let's have everybody stand up. Um, Tyler, I'm going to have you come up. And what I want you guys to do, you remember that time when Pastor Ben told us that we're going to sing unto God with no music? I mean, I mean, with one note. I mean, it's awkward, right? He did that for a reason. I mean, not only it fit into his message, but we're giving him something that we don't usually give him. So we're going to do that again. I want to have Tyler come up here, and I want to have him pray with you guys, and I want you guys to give him something that you don't give him. Maybe pray a little bit differently. Worship a little bit differently. Do something differently. I mean, if you usually come up here and stand up, come up here and get on your knees. If you're usually jumping around, slow it down. Get intimate with him. I mean, do something differently. So I'm going to have Tyler pray, and I'm going to go play. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands up. Ah, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, during this time, you're going to feel a pull from the Holy Ghost. Be obedient. Respond to him. However it is that he's leading you, if he's pulling you to come forward, you need to come forward. Be obedient today to do whatever it is that he tells you to do. Sacrifice something today. Give him something today. Just like what Gabe was talking about. Give him something today. I believe what's happening right now, I believe that this is the best way that I can describe it is this is a holy moment. Whatever it is that God... Whatever it is that God has for you, this is where you meet him and this is where you receive it today. This is where you receive that, that time of breakthrough. This is where you receive what it is that you've been crying out for. Because everything that, that we need and everything, everything that we desire is found in him and in his presence. So respond to him today. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Lord, I thank you for joining us here today. Lord, you're faithful. Even when we're not faithful, God, you're faithful. Lord, especially when we're not faithful, God, you're faithful. Lord, when I give half, you already gave your all. When I step out, you've already stepped out. You've already done it, God. You, you did all that it would ever take to meet me right where I'm at at any moment. So God, I position myself today in your presence. I respond to you today, right now in obedience to your word, Lord. And I sacrifice something today. 
Lord, you know what it is. You know what it is. You know where I'm at. You know what I have need of. But God, I put aside my need. I put aside my desire. And God, I choose to give my all to you. Lord, a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. Lord, I give myself over there to you. Lord, whatever it is that you have for us, God. Whatever it is that you desire for us, God. We position ourselves right now in Jesus' name. Right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth. Lord, I thank you that you're a faithful God. I thank you that you're a faithful God. Jesus, you're worthy. Lord, you're worthy. You're worthy of all praise. You're worthy of all worship. You know, this is uncomfortable for some. Just like what Gabe was saying, that's a good thing. That's a good place to be. It's at the end of yourself that you'll find Him. It's at the end of you that you find Him. And that's what we're after today is Him. Some of you are aware of it, some of you are not, but He's here with us today. And He's not just here. (laughs) He's not just here to make you feel good. He's here for fellowship. He's here for communion. He's here to deposit some things, but He's also here to take some things. Some of you that are here at this altar, I'm going to prophesy over this, prophesy this over to you. Some of you that are here at this altar, you are walking away from this place and there are going to be some some parts of you that remain at this altar today. There's going to be some things that, that remain of you. You're going to leave behind some things. When you get up here, whenever that may be, when you get up and you walk back to your seats or you walk back and go throughout the rest of your day, whatever that looks like, whatever the rest of your day looks like, some of you, there's going to be some things that you leave here at this altar. And when you go to find them, they're not going to be there anymore. For some of you, that might be depression. Some of you, that might be anxiety. Some of you, that might be sickness. For some of you, it was an old season. It was an old way of hearing. It was an old way of relating to the Spirit of God. But God's doing a new thing in you today. Amen. It's not a new thing to Him, but it's a new thing in you. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Lord, we don't care if it takes all day. We don't care if it takes all week. We don't care what we have going on tomorrow or the next day or the next day. Lord, whatever it is that you desire for us to do, we'll respond in obedience. Obedience to your word. Obedience to your written word. Obedience to the rhema word. Lord, we're here with no agenda other than to meet with you. Other than to fellowship with you. Other than to lift you high. So, Lord, we give all that we have to give. All my heart, all my soul, all I own. Lord, we give it to you today. We give it to you today. Lord, not to do something specific with it, but God, for you to do whatever it is that you desire to do. Lord, we're not trying to manipulate the Spirit of God into doing things our way, but God, we are here in obedience to you to receive from you, to fellowship with you.
I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for your truth. I thank you, Lord, for your promise. Lord, I thank, I'm thankful, Lord. I'm thankful, Lord, that when I have fallen short, Lord, you've made up the difference. Lord, I'm thankful for your grace that carries us. I'm thankful for your grace that carried, that carried me. Lord, that carried me from a season of darkness into a season of light. Lord, that carried me from a, a moment of brokenness into, into a, your empowerment and your truth. Lord, I'm thankful, God, that you have raised me up, that you lifted me up when I was broken. You lifted me up when I was damaged. Lord, you were faithful to not leave me in the pit, but God, you got me out of the pit. You brought me out. You didn't leave me there in the struggle. God, you brought me out into promise. You brought me out into promise. Lord, I'm forever grateful. I'm forever grateful. I'm forever grateful. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you, Lord. met me I Sometimes I feel like in times where God, you think God has left you, you think God told you something and he's going to leave you there, but it wasn't until I did it just right now that he met me in a way that he hasn't in a while. I needed to give him something. Uh, God saying that us three gentlemen here should lay hands and pray for you. So that's what I'm bringing him. So I don't normally come up and say, hey, I'm going to pray for the pastor or whoever's bringing the word.
is he met me here today. And I know for a lot of you, he met you. Um, even when you felt like you haven't heard him in a while, he's here. He was just waiting on us to give him something. We can't wait on him. We got to give it to him. Yeah. Uh, man. Let's just stay here for a moment longer. So don't let this don't let this moment die out after you leave. Don't let him just meet you here and then go into the same motions. Look at this moment right here as, as your moment of breakthrough. I remember my moment of breakthrough in the back of Adrian, Michigan, in those chairs. Make this a moment where it's one of those where you remember. You remember that he met you here. And it's because you gave that he met you. Let this be a moment that you remember. Keep going forward. Keep moving. Keep moving with him. Some of y'all, it's not too late. It's not too late to press in. It's not too late to push in. It's not too late to give them that part of yourself. It's never too late. It doesn't have to be here. It's awkward, but that's the point. <laughs> I think even God smiles at the awkward moments. stay in this moment for as long as you want. He's here and he'll be with you all day. our step one for you can look back on this moment and you can look and this is what a relationship with God looks like this is that two way street I was talking about this is what it should be always this is step one and you can look ahead and you can, you can think what is going to be my step two what's going to be my step three how can I keep blessing the Lord like he's blessed me?
you're still up here, keep pressing in, keep pressing into him. Um, I'm not going to keep uh, those of you that have things to do or have places to be, but is there anything that I need to say? Okay. Well, um, th th this is a dismissal if you are ready to be dismissed, <laughs> um, but stay up here as long as you need. Uh, I know I'm going to take a moment, even though I got somewhere to be. I'm going to take a moment. I'm just going to give it to him. But um, just, just keep pressing it.